you believe men and women can be friends. Absolutely, yeah. Most people advise not to do that. 98% of men cannot be friends with women <laughs> because if they try, they're going to act like simps. And when they act like simps, they get put into the friend zone. Right. That is death sentence. That is death con one. That is the worst possible situation. I recommend men friend zone women. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the Digital Social Hour. Got a recurring guest. Doesn't happen often. Michael Sartain is back in the building. How's it going? What's going on, man? It's good to see you. Uh, it, listen, man, I uh, I got in a lot of trouble for the stuff I said on your uh, a previous episode, so I did something <laughs> right. Yeah, man. How have you been feeling lately? I mean, things are getting crazy with Fresh and Fit getting demonetized. Yeah. I mean, are you nervous at all with that? No, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I love those guys, but I my content is nothing like theirs. So it's not very... It's, like, it's similar in that we... We come to similar conclusions, but I would never. Some of the words they use and some of the ways that they uh, they're a little bit judgmental. You're never going to see that on my show. My right. show is basically statistics. So, for instance, they might have some people on their show use pejoratives against women or whatever. But for me, I'm going to say something like something to the effect of like 83% of the time when a woman cheats on her partner, she's going to fall in love with her affair partner, where it's only 29% of the time a man will. That means men cheat for a different reason than. Than women do. That's those are statistical studies, right? right. The, the number one correlation between a woman cheating and a marriage uh, is how many sexual partners she had before she got married. There's science behind that. Mm. Read Dr. David Buss's books. When I say that, though, it makes people angry. But you're not going to cancel me for that because what I just said is documented by the most, the foremost evolutionary psychologist on the planet. So I think that's kind of where we differ. Is that I just stick to the science and I try to keep my opinion out of it. So I'm not super worried about it. I do make some people mad, though. I will tell you that I actually make people more mad because I substantiate every single thing I say. Mm. I think that makes people more angry because when you're when you're entrenched in your own position, and I haven't really given you because I'm not you're not arguing against my position. You're arguing against you know statistics and science. It makes people right. very angry. It's like, well, I can find a survey that'll say anything. Ah, you can't. You, 80% of divorces are initiated by women. You can't find a survey that says 80% of divorces are initiated by men. You can't. You can try as much as you want, but you really can't. So right. I think it's one of these things where it's like they want to believe science when it helps them and not when it doesn't. So Absolutely. Yeah. One of your interesting takes, I thought, was you believe men and women can be friends. Absolutely, yeah. Most people advise not to do that. Well, most people in the red pill space and most people in pickup would advise that. Uh, most guys who are really, 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 really good with women have no pro problem being friends with them. In fact, it's to the point where like, if you ever met like a really high-end club promoter or a guy who owns a nightclub or a strip club or something, some, just has a job, maybe even a male nurse who's like on a floor with just nothing but fit women, mm -hmm. they're not only are they able to be friends with women, the concept doesn't even of not being friends with women doesn't even come into their mind, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the guys who are, so, uh, you know, I think there was a point in my life, probably 2007, when I was hanging out with these um these guys in the pickup community. I knew Mystery Matador, all these guys, Neil Strauss. And then I would also hang out with, um, and by the way, Mystery's not hardcore and can't be friends with women. And then I would hang out with these club promoters. And the club promoters would always be, like have tons of female friends. So they'd have their girlfriend and then they'd have like two or three girls they'd have threesomes with. And then they'd have like 40 or 50 girls that would show up to their birthday party that they may or may not have had sex with before. Mm -hmm. And then, so, and I watched it and I was like, it was clear that they were friends. Like legitimately, they treated them like family. There's a great book, it's called uh, a very important people by Ashley Mears. And it talks about how these, these guys were just surrounded by women all the time. They call they, the, the girls, they would say that they're friends. So what happens is how comfortable are you being around attractive women? And do you like being around them for the sake of being around them? And if you do, you can be friends with them. Now here's where the rubber meets the road. 98% of men cannot be friends with women <laughs> because if they try, they're going to act like simps. Mm -hmm. And when they act like simps, they get put into the friend zone. Right. That is death sentence. That is death con one. That is the worst possible situation. I recommend men friend zone women. I'm, I recommend you got your main girl and then like maybe some side girls that you see if you, if your girl's comfortable with that, right? Maybe you're polygynous or whatever. 
And then on the side, you have other women that you're friends with that are like, so for instance, Lindsay Palace is a great example. If Lindsay Palace has a boyfriend and she's got 10 million followers on IG, how stupid would it be for me to go hit on her or Emily Sears or Abigail Ratchford or Kindly Myers or whoever, if they're in a relationship right. for me to try to one, ruin their relationship and two, be in the situation where they can help my business. They're awesome friends to have. They're super interesting people. I can get them on my podcast. They can they help me in so many different ways. And so I'm going to ruin that because it's like, no, bro, blow me or blow me out. Like what this stupid idiot uh, PUA say. That's the, that's the reason why I say that. So the reality is if you just got out of prison for 10 years or if you've been in the military and on a 15-month deployment and you come back and you're desperate for women, no, you can't be friends with women. Mm -hmm. For guys who have abundance with women, they have no trouble being friends with women. In fact, it's not even a debate. If I were to sit there and talk to like, um, again, like the guy who runs the stage at say Omnia or Hakkasan or whatever, he, I promise you he's friends with women. And, yeah. and Bilzerian had two girls, uh, what's it, Masha Diduk and uh, what's the other girl's name, Bianca Gezi, who were actually sourcing women. And like, the, he wasn't sleeping with them. They were helping him find girls to come to his house. Wow. But people don't grasp that idea, right? Affiliate marketing makes sense to people, but having females bring you other females somehow is like outside the realm of the reality. <laughs> wow. So you mentioned relationships earlier. If a girl has a boyfriend, is that girl off limits for you? Uh, if a girl, yeah, for me, yeah, it would be. I, I think there was definitely a point in my 20s where I didn't care about anything. Most, most guys have a period in their life where it was like maybe just, just out of college where it's like, you know, have sex with as many attractive women as possible. Do anything I can. So go to bar every night. Don't care if she's a Republican or Democrat. Don't care if she has a good relationship with her family. Don't care what her body count is. Mm -hmm. Just trying to hook up with hot women as much as possible. Right. Guys go through that. I'm 45. I am not in that period in my life anymore. So the idea of me ruining someone else's relationship just because I happen to have higher status or because I'm on stage at some nightclub when she's doing is so lowbrow to me. It's something I'm not interested in. Yeah. So I would recommend, I, um, I, I just... You know, the, the idea of like, um, yeah, it, you see this kind of stuff all the time. So yeah, if a girl has a boyfriend, I would definitely, I would definitely try to stay away. Now that being said, you know, you've lived here for a while. I'm sure you have friends. If you go out, yeah. uh, girls will come here and swear up and down. They don't have a boyfriend. It's Vegas. It's true. As soon as they get here, they will sweat. Ring comes off, sweat, leave the morals <laughs> with your baggage, but you know, back at the hotel, they'll swear they don't have a boyfriend. And then you find out later. And it's just like, I mean, I, who do you blame in that case? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you believe it's easier to be a man or a woman? Um, I, I believe that biologically it's easier to be a man. I think societally right now, it's probably easier to be a woman. Mm. Um, I mean, cause I mean, what I mean by that is in society, when you look at things like, for instance, alimony, 90% of alimony, 97% of alimony is paid from men to women. 84% of the time, uh, a child, primary child custody goes from the woman to the man. I think, um, when you look at a situation, like if there's a domestic dispute, men are going to jail. It's the women that are not going to jail yeah. in those kind of cases. Uh, I think women do have it well. And also there's, when it comes to education, 68% of college graduates are now women. You are more likely to, I think you're something like six times more likely to get a master's degree. If you're an African American woman, than if you're an African American man now, uh, wow. you were, we're finding situations where the, suicide rate for men over 40 who've been divorced is nine times higher than the, than the, than the average, than the, the uh, nation, national average. Uh, we're also finding that um, men who have been zeroed out, uh, you know, have serious, serious emotional problems that happen uh, to them. And then there's uh, there's a couple other studies um, that happen with divorce. Seven, 80% of divorces are initiated by women because I, I feel like they're being incentivized to divorce men um, through propaganda, through the, uh, again, this is just, that's the only part that's in my opinion. Everything else I just said was right. statistic. And so I do think it is easier now to be a woman. I do societally, biologically, I think it's easier to be a man and it will always be easier to be a man because there's a few things. Obviously we have advantages when it comes to strength and endurance, yeah. power, 
physical uh, durability. But I also think uh, we have advantages when it comes to, as a man, I have hundreds of ways to attract women. And as a woman, I don't have hundreds of ways to attract men. I have maybe maybe as many as four, probably one way to attract men. So, and if I don't have that one way, like he just doesn't find me physically attractive if, if you're a woman, uh, then he, you don't really have a second way to go around. The mm-hmm. thing is, most men right now are so incredibly desperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26% of men under the age of 30 are virgins, I think, at this point. Uh, 33% of men under the age of 30 have had zero sexual partners in the last year. Just outrageous numbers like this. So when you get to these numbers, you start to see societally, it's easier to be a woman. You have at more access to men uh, when it comes to um, online. Yeah. Uh, you have more access to men and also you can change your appearance using face app Facetune. Yeah. you have access to different ways to make money when it comes to like patreon uh stuff like that um and then you know those things are still available to women and they don't even have to be fantastically attractive women either you know to pretty average women can can make money doing that so i do think societally because of education uh there are more female military pilots than there are male kindergarten teachers right now. 5% of psychologists under the age of 30 are men. 5%. Five, let me say that one more time. 5% of psychologists under the age of 30 are men. Five. That means in the future, the psychology will be just like, like so similar to how nursing and primary education is. It'll be completely dominated by women. So I, I do think there are these opportunities. that and That's not necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. but there's, necess- there's um, opportunities that have been open to women to where I do think societally it's easier to be a woman. But as a man, you just have more, uh, there are more branches of opportunity open to you to be successful financially and to be successful uh, in relationships. That makes sense. Do you feel like social media and dating apps have been a net positive for the dating culture or do you think... Yeah, so so when it comes to women, so there's three, have I, you ever heard this before? There's three genders. No. High status men, low status men, and women. Those are the three <laughs> genders. High status men and low status men have nothing to do with each other. Social media has absolutely benefited high status men, meaning men who can show relevancy, competency, or access to scarce resources. Those men have outrageous numbers of women coming after them. I'll tell you right now, from the time I was 22 to the time I'm 45 now, the 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 way... One of the, the, the issues that happens, and I, a lot of guys who are in their early 20s don't realize, but like my competition, I have a girlfriend now, but my competition for men are guys that look like Takashi 69 uh, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, and, and uh, you know, Post Malone, like lots of tattoos on face, like lots of coping going yeah, on, yeah. No, like no ability to fight, no ability to, no athleticism whatsoever. And in my, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, that just wasn't what a mask, that wasn't a masculine uh, athletic attractive archetype for women that isn't attractive for them now. And so I feel like I don't really have much competition when it comes to like competing for women now. And most of the guys that I know that are in their late thirties, early forties, we feel the same way. I feel like the, the guys that are younger just aren't very good at being masculine because they're not taught to, or they haven't, they, they don't have the instruction manual on how to do that. And so uh, while the rest of the world may be telling men to not be masculine or calling their traits toxic, uh, the reality is if you stick with those traits, it's still way more attractive to women. So I think uh, men who are higher earners, men who are physically attractive, men who are incredibly talented, men who have some sort of skill set, some level of competency, some access to scarce resources. And this is this could be just the guy who hands out the artist wristbands over at Excess, right? Mm-hmm. Simply something as small as that. The, the guy, the VIP host who does all the girl comps over at, at uh, Omnia. Just simple as that. Just small access to scarce resources. Those guys, social media has absolutely benefited. Right. Other men, it's destroyed their lives mm. because what's happened is uh, you have a you have a guy. Let's say he's an eight. He's a, a lawyer who lives in Wichita, Kansas, and you have a girl. Let's say she's an eight. I don't mean by physical attractiveness. I mean just stratifying them as far as their 
you know, their market value uh, uh, in the dating market. Okay. You have an eight guy and eight girl. They both live in Wichita. The difference is the guy in Wichita would normally have married the girl in Wichita. But now the girl in Wichita is being flown out to L.A. to go be at the Ignite party, the Maxim party, the Playboy Mansion. Mm-hmm. She's going to uh, uh, New York Fashion Week. She's going to Swim Week, uh, stuff like that. And now yeah. she ends up like maybe or maybe not having sex with a celebrity or some rich guy or something like that. And so now the eight guy is not dating the eight girl in Wichita anymore. He's going for a seven, a six, a five, a four. And so he, the average guy is now being decimated by the high status man. Mm. And so what you're finding now is that the middle class for men is sort of disappearing because of social media. There is no average social media. There's incredible social media or you're garbage. (laughs) That's it. And it sucks. It really does suck. Like, it, like with your stuff, like you, you're posting your um, podcast, right? Yeah. Well, that shows competency and relevancy. You have relevant guests on mm-hmm. and you're competent at doing a podcast. And it also shows like, I know that if I were to message you on Instagram, even before we obviously message, but even before, so I know, you know how to use your Instagram. Yeah. I know you know how to post a picture. Do you know how many men just don't even know how to do that? You don't know how to post? You'd be sh- walk around Walmart sometime and then <laughs> ask yourself who's f- these men and then ask like ask a guy who's, who's stocking the shelves at walmart it's like do you have an instagram account do you yeah. have a twitter do you have anything they're like no we don't have anything you're just gonna find that it's just like all all social media has done is bifurcated men into two uh, uh it's it's increased the bifurcation meaning it's made a one species of high status men and another species of low status men and i would say the split is like 84 16 like 16 percent of men would be above that status poverty line and then the other 84 percent would be below it mm-hmm. I, I just like i legitimately i have clients come to me all the time they've been divorced and then getting them back in the dating market is so much harder now because on Tinder, but Tinder, Bumble and hinge, I believe are garbage. Uh, they're just, uh, there's like five times as many men and as women on there. Yeah. Anytime you see an attractive woman, a woman on Tinder, Bumble or hinge, they are, um, generally trying to get you to go down their funnel to join their yeah. or their, um, and 80% of men or the top 20% of men on Tinder, Bumble and hinge are getting 83% of the right swipes. Wow. Meaning Tinder, Bumble and hinge, just like social media is just reserved for a, a small group of men up the top, getting all the sex. And then all the men at the bottom, the bottom 80% getting next to nothing. That's crazy. I yep. didn't know it was scoot like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen you on quite a few debates. You're really good at debating. Um, who stands out to you as your toughest opponent so far? Toughest opponent. Um, I don't know. So the thing is, it, the, the answer is the most obstinate opponent, meaning like I'm winning, but like he's, he, it's like, you know, when, um, he put up a good fight, I guess it's not that he even put up a good fight. He just yelled louder and just <laughs> didn't concede any points was probably Zerka. Like okay. it was one of these things where like Zerka didn't make sense in what he was saying. And his audience even started turning on him, but he just <laughs> yelled so loud. It was so draining having to yell with a guy that loud you had to match his energy, to match his energy. It really was. And I like John a lot, but it was just crazy trying to match his energy the whole time. Yeah. Like he just would turn it up and I was fi- fighting him. My favorite person to debate was Destiny uh, because he does a lot of research and he and a lot of people say he doesn't uh, argue in good faith. I think Destiny has some opinions that are wrong about certain things, but I think he does. I think he's so quick-witted. I actually try to learn from some of the stuff that he does. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is like, the most research guy, and I've never debated him because he's one of my best friends, is Rolo. Like, Rolo does a ton of research. I, right. I, it's so funny to me when people think that Rolo doesn't do, do a ton of research. Uh, when he just, like, he spouts off the mouth out of, like, misogynistic belief or whatever he they, people think he has. It's nonsense. No one does more research than this man. I swear to God, every day I just get 
evolutionary psychology post sent to me from him <laughs> and a book that he recommends. This man reads it. He's the only person I know who reads more than me. Wow. And so, yeah, like Rolo, I think is probably the most base guy, but Rolo's job is he's an author and my, I am a, a classically trained debater from college and high school. And so like, I enjoy doing debates, yeah. you know, a, a lot. Um, one of the funny things when I was talking to a friend of mine, if you had a guy, if you had three PhDs in astrophysics over here and you had three flat earthers next to them and they were doing a debate, the flat earthers would win every single time, even though the the, the physicists are completely correct in what they believe. Yeah. The flat earthers are better debaters, and they just ignore science. Whereas the the, the physicists are they're bound by science and truth, mm. so it actually limits what they can do, and they're not trained as debaters because they're PhDs. Right. So it's one of these things. Like I was I was always wondering like how is this flat earth thing like catching steam because it's obviously the stupidest thing I've ever heard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you start to realize, well, the reason why is because the, 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 a small group of people who become very good debater. And by the way, you, I know you had your partner say this, uh, we did land on the moon. I can prove we landed on the moon. And it, I, if you had somebody come on here to debate me, if we land on the moon, I'll show you the proofs of how we landed on the moon and they won't know any of them. Mm. And it, because the reason why is they only research one side of the story. They never research both. Um, you know, it comes to retro reflectors and 600,000 people working on Gemini and Apollo and so, stuff like that. It's very easy to prove that we landed on the moon. But it's one of these situations where they only look at one side, right. and the other side is so convincing because they they flat they're so flashy and they make really good YouTube posts. Whereas the people who put us on the moon, a lot of them have passed away, and they're PhDs. They're not there to debate or be on TikTok. Right. Yeah. Dang, I didn't know you debated in high school and college. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Though. Yeah, you got that advantage. Yeah. Were you like scholarship? No. Uh, did moot court? Uh, I was a district twelve four A. De Lincoln Douglas debate champion. I want to man, what was that? 1995, something Damn. like that. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but I just enjoy doing it because you try to not make things personal. Yeah. But of course, when you get into a debate, sometimes with some of these people, it, it gets things personal. And the other question for me, the thing I always have to go to into with the debates is like, is this helping my business? Right. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Ramosi has a great saying. He's like, do the work. I get up and I do the work. I was like, I don't care about ice baths. I don't make my bed. I just do the work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to question with me getting drug into debates about um, you know flat earth or Holocaust deniers or whatever like am I is it worth me getting into these debates because it's like it's not helping my business right so it's one of these things where I'm good at it but I probably should so the debates that I've been getting into more is cold approach versus social circle can women and men be friends because these things actually affect my business yeah it seemed like your debate with uh, Gary, the numbers guy, got kind of personal yeah I mean <laughs> like, like the thing the thing with Gary and I'll just I'll, listen I'm going to break kayfabe here uh, Gary will be super nice to you. Uh, then he'll come on there and he'll make things a little bit personal and he'll take jabs at you uh, that are just like ridiculous. If he gets, he'll get 55 things in a row wrong. He'll get one thing right and then he'll just claim total victory. Mm. Then he'll go on Twitter and smash you and then he'll be like, hey, do you want to go to dinner later? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's Gary. And like because of that, after a while, like after I figured out that's how Gary is, I don't dislike it anymore. I kind of, I have some respect for him. Like I lost my Twitter and he, he wanted to help me as soon as I got a new one back. So he's a nice guy. But like he he like he literally thinks that this is Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, and so like for me, I'm debating actual science, and for him, he's like trying to go viral on Twitter. Yeah. And I get it. Like I'm not I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I'm definitely trying to go viral on Twitter too, right. I guess. But it's just one of these things where you know he does that kind of stuff. I mean, getting into the debate about numerology, numerology just isn't true. Like I can show you, it's not true. Just because a couple of billionaires were born on the same day doesn't mean anything, right? And it's like it, it's so funny because it's like if you're if what you uh, if your traits don't match up with his numerology ideas, then he starts saying, yeah, but you're, but you have a one and a three on your shirt. And if you add one and three together, that's four. And if you multiply four times four, that's 16. So that means your life passes 16. And, and like somehow they come to these numbers yeah. and it's just so crazy when you see it. And then if you do any, 
any reading on like cognitive bias, you can quickly like see what he's doing. He's basically, if you've ever seen a humanist uh, or a mental, I'm sorry, a mentalist, if yeah. you've seen a mental, he basically does what a mentalist does, but he does it with, with a, a astrology and numerology. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you, you also proved astrology was BS too, right? I mean, I don't have to prove astrology is BS. Uh, there's several studies where you just take people who are correlated, like based on their astrological signs and see if they're more likely to get divorced, more likely to get more married, more likely to have sex with each other, more likely to go on a first date, more likely to go on a second date, any correlation you want. And you find the correlation is absolutely, positively, completely, undeniably zero. Yeah. There's no correlation between people's uh, income and what their astrology sign is. There's no uh, correlation between what if they're born in the year of the rat, the year of the monkey, the year of the snake, whatever. There's no correlation. All you'd have to do is take a population level survey and you'd be able to see 1% correlation. When I say guys, there's not even 1% correlation between any of these things. Astrology has been totally debunked. But the thing is, it's been debunked for over 100 years and people still want to. It yeah. just it feels fun to be part of a group, right? When I watch professional wrestling, I, I love to use this example. When I'm watching John Wick, I know that's actually Keanu Reeves and he's not really people. And when I watch professional wrestling, I know that Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan are actually friends off stage and they probably buy steroids from the same guy and probably swap wives. Like they're actually friends off stage. Yeah. The problem with numerology and astrology is that these people are pretending like this fake thing is actually real when it's fake. You know, that that's the issue. I know the Dallas I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know the Dallas Cowboys don't give a fuck about me. They don't know who I am. I know I'm just like cheering for cloth. I happen to be from Dallas and I like the Cowboys, but I'm aware of the story I'm telling myself and I'm aware of the illusion. Yep. Whereas people in numerology and astrology, they are not aware of the illusion that they're telling. By the way, I'll say the same thing. I don't believe in technical analysis or fundamental analysis. There's science that show that that isn't real either. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff like that where people have a hard time believing uh, and they get and they get upset. Um, and so that that's the issue. It's like if you disagree with me, then we can have a disagreement. I never take it personally. But when I use science to have these debates, people get furious with me. And that's where that's why I know I'm doing something right. Yeah. But in the case of flat earth or numerology, there's like nothing really to debate because there's no there's nothing to substantiate what they believe. So I'm like debating against like a cloud or like a, a, a puff of air. If that may, does that make yeah. sense? There's right? no proof or facts. If you and I wanted to get in a debate about what the highest uh, tax bracket should be for the rich, right? Yeah. Should it be 36%, 39%? We could have a debate. We wouldn't take it personally. You could probably come up with some great ideas. I could come up with some great ideas. And at the end, the audience could decide. When yeah. you're debating things like, is gravity real? <laughs> like, what the f*** am I supposed to do? Yeah. Gravity, is it real, bro? For real? <laughs> That's what we're debating. Like, I don't know where to start. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like your girlfriend, uh, like your girlfriend wakes up and she had a, a dream that you were cheating on her. And then she starts hitting you when she wakes up and you're like, I, I, it was a dream. I didn't actually cheat on you, but she's still mad at you. How do you have that discussion? Yeah. Like you didn't even do anything wrong. Like she's not even starting from a place. Of, like, what do you do there? That's yeah. what it feels like for me with some of these debates. It's too far fetched. Yeah. yeah. That was fun, man. We're definitely gonna have to do a part three. Anything you want to close off with? Uh, no, man. Uh, listen, if you guys are interested in a science based or evidence based look on how to build a network we use the study of evolutionary psychology and other studies uh, when it comes to economics and definitely so like we, we haven't the only evidence-based course in the world when it comes to networking when it comes to um leadership and when it comes to the ability to bring a hundred or 200 girls to a party that's yeah. another thing you we just teach did about that last week right yeah we so did that party. uh we did that for the the and if you guys want actual proof it's like he didn't bring a hundred girls to a party <laughs> please go check my instagram right now and take a look at uh 
Access or uh, Babes of Toyland, we brought 300 girls to um, on the record to raise money for uh, animal rescue. Uh, and then also we had 70 girls compete uh, two weeks ago at the world's biggest bikini competition, which my, me and my guys did all the recruiting for. And we teach you how to do that. So that's why I do my course. It's called Men of Action Mentoring. You can check me out at Michael Sartan on Instagram. It's the easiest way to find me. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Michael. All right, man. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time. Appreciate it.